What's up, ASM Middle School? You are here for week three, our final week of Love Month. I hope that this series has been challenging, but also good for you. Um, I know we're talking about some mature, difficult, kind of uh, not usually covered topics in your everyday life. So um, I understand that it may be confusing. You probably have a lot of questions. Uh, I hope that you seek answers to those. I hope that you ask uh, either me, your leader, your parents, another trusted adult. I hope that you go to someone, ask those questions, find out more. Um, but like I said, we're in our final week and I just want to recap really quick some of the things that we've covered, some of the bigger uh, ideas and topics. The first two weeks again were how do we honor God when it comes to sex and sexuality? Uh, how do we honor God in the way that we honor others um, when it comes to sex and sexuality? And then this week will be how do we honor God with your body when it comes to, again, sex and sexuality? So again, just big things that I really hope you take away from this is the very first lesson is that sex is a good thing. Like I said, this is kind of a topic that we don't always talk about. It can be awkward. It can feel uncomfortable, but it's important that we remember that the very creation that God made us with, the very way that God designed us, um, is that part of it is sex is a good thing. He designed it. He created it. He gifted us with the desires with the purpose, and that is the, the purpose of sex in the context of marriage is to reflect God back in his will for us in the way that he designed and created us. So sex is a good thing. It's not something that we're supposed to be ashamed of or hide from, but that being said, at the same time, like good things and like good gifts, and maybe you've heard something like this before, we can abuse that right? We can turn it into something that is not good. And those are the things that we need to run away from. And those are some things we've talked about. That's, that's called sexual immorality or sexual sin or temptation. Those things, those are what we want to run from and protect ourselves from. And God has given us instructions in his book, in the Bible, in his teaching, uh, in how we're supposed to do that. And so we're trying to apply some of those really practical things. And just remember uh, this, that whether you are struggling with sexual temptation now, it can feel like the consequences of that are far in your future. Or maybe you're at a place where this is one of the first times that you're having these conversations or thinking about this and thinking about the practices and habits that you're supposed to have. Uh, it's important to remember that even though it can feel like these are things that affect you in the future that you don't need to worry about right now, the habits and practices that you put into place today and moving forward will either positively or negatively affect your relationship with Jesus, with your God, with your Savior and Creator. They can either help you have a stronger and closer relationship, and when you face sexual temptation, you will have a strong foundation to go back to, or if, if we ignore these things, or if we create bad or unhealthy habits, not God-honoring things, then it can gravely hurt you in the future where we have to reset these habits, where we have to fight back and it can be painful and it can take a lot of time. But in order to make sure that we replace them with healthy habits uh, in order to have that stronger relationship with God in the future. And so what matters for you today is this. And what I want to focus on again is we want to try to create those healthy foundational habits when it comes to the way that we think about sex and the way that we think about temptation and struggle 
so that we can have that stronger relationship in the future. That's our goal. That's our motivation behind this series. And that's why actually this is an annual series for us that we can talk about this every year. So today's main idea, today's topic is that we want to honor God when it comes to our bodies. And we want, I want to start with uh, something that is just untrue, something that we hear a lot from a lot of different places. And it's this, it's that you should do what makes you feel good, right? And on the surface, that can make sense, right? You want to feel good, right? You want to do what makes you feel good. But the problem with that is that when it comes to sex, if you only do what makes you feel good, then you will give in to the sinful desires, the sinful problems that we have. Because in the short term, they can feel good, but again, we aren't seeing necessarily, or we're seeing and ignoring the long-term consequences of those actions. And the problem with this is, is that this lie, that do what makes you feel good, as long as it's not hurting anyone else, and you feel good, it's a good thing, right? The problem with that lie is that it's everywhere. We see it all over the place. You can hear it from people in your life, I'm sure. You may hear that even from adults in your life. Uh, you see that on TV, in the shows you watch, in movies, on social media. You can see that in, in video games, whatever it is. It's everywhere in our media, in our culture. That idea is just so widespread. But this is why it's a lie. We know, again, because of God's word, because of the lessons that Jesus, that Paul, one of his followers, teaches us, we know that that is not true. This is what the truth is. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 6 to learn this. The truth is that your body is actually not your own. Paul says this, like I said, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to read verses 12 through 15 and then skip to 19, but... Paul says this, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Now skipping to verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. So what is Paul saying here? Well, Paul, at the beginning, it can feel a little confusing because what Paul's doing is he's quoting uh, what the Corinthians, what the people in this city of Corinth, he's quoting a saying that they have. That's what they're saying. I have the right to do anything and also food for the stomach and stomach for food. That's the idea that in our culture is do what makes you feel good. That's what they're saying. They're saying something along those lines that this is what I'm designed to do. So let me just go do it. But what Paul is countering that lie, that twist on the truth, is actually that you were bought at a price. That price, we know, is Jesus' death on the cross. God, Jesus, paid 
dearly, paid greatly for you, and that your body itself is a gift from him that we're supposed to use to honor him, so we need to pay attention to what he says, but also that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. That means that God's presence, that's what the Holy Spirit is. That's who he is. He is God's spirit, God's presence. He is God who lives in us. And so we don't get to say, it's my body, I do whatever I want with it because it makes me feel good. Instead, we have to recognize that God has designed us, God has purchased us, and God lives in us. As long as we are followers of Jesus, as long as we know him as our savior, God lives in us. And we need to live in a way that reflects that, particularly when it comes to sexual sin and temptation. So how do we respond to that truth from Paul, from God? How do we respond to that truth? Well, again, another reminder, sex or sexual temptation and sin is an area of holiness, but is not the only one. It's not the only area of holiness. And so it is very important, again, that we recognize it and we recognize the potential dangers, but it's also important, and I wanna remind you that if you're someone that's struggling with this, or if you know someone that's struggling with this, this is not the only area that matters in holiness. We all struggle with sin in different areas. And if you are struggling with this, you are not too far gone to be saved. You can still confess your sin. You can still uh, turn and repent. That's what it means is, is to turn away from that sin and seek forgiveness from God and instead replace it with godly habits and godly desires. So when it comes to dealing with temptation or struggles, it can feel hard. It can feel really embarrassing and something that you can't talk about, right? But the way that we respond is actually the opposite of hiding it and, and shame from it. Instead, what we need to do is we need to actually bring light into our struggle, into our sin, right? We don't want to just hide the sin and cover it up with other things. What we actually want to do is we want to bring God's light into it to shine a light on it so that we know how to avoid it. So what we need to do is we need to retrain ourselves. We need to retrain our thinking when it comes to sexual temptation. And again, what I'm gonna talk about, this actually applies to beyond just sexual temptation, but we're gonna talk about it in the context of sexual sin. So we need to retrain our priorities. We need to retrain our practices, and we need to retrain the steps that we take and how we handle temptation. Remember back to the very first week. Why does this matter? Right, again, we see from Paul, but why does this matter? Well, 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 4 says, It is God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn, we need to learn and practice, to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable and not in passionate lust like the pagans, it's people that don't follow Jesus, who do not know God. Right, so we need to remember that is God's will. It is directly told to us, directly taught to us that it's God will, God's will that we should be sanctified. That means that we're supposed to be becoming more like him, right? And so the way that we do that in this context is by fleeing sexual immorality. So if we start here, we need to retrain the way that we think. We need to remind ourselves, I said this last week, but it's so important. We need to remind ourselves first and foremost that you were created by God like Paul says, you were bought with a price. You were bought with Jesus' death on the cross. That is what has freed you from sin. 
That is a price that was paid. And that should matter to us. If we love Jesus, if we recognize that sacrifice, that, that matters to us. We recognize that that is a heavy price. And lastly, we have been given a gift of a reminder. And we've just looked at two passages, but we've been given a gift of a reminder of this book of who God is and what he desires for us, right? We've been given that. And so a really, really practical thing to help retrain the way that we think, to help uh, practice uh, avoiding temptation, this is honestly one one of the best things that we can do is to remind ourselves of these truths, that we were created by God and that he paid a price for us, right? A heavy price for us. It's really important that we remind ourselves of that every single day. Another way of putting this is just remind yourself of the gospel every morning when you wake up. I would recommend, there's a lot of ways that you can do this, but I would recommend creating a habit uh, of waking up earlier in the morning than the very last minute. And I I know how it is. Uh, You may be a morning person, you may not be. Um, I'm typically not usually a morning person, but I've actually just been talking to my friends about it. I'm starting to wake up earlier in the morning, try to be a little bit more productive. But one of the things I can do with that time by being awake earlier than the very last minute before I have to show up to work is that uh, I can have some time with God, where I can be alone with God, where I can spend some time in prayer, where I can spend some time reading his word. Uh, One of the things I would recommend to you is this doesn't have to look like a crazy amount of time. And I hope that as you grow and mature, it can grow into more and more time as you love and appreciate it. But start small. Let's start really, really practical. Can you give 10 minutes? That's it, just 10 minutes. That's not very long. Sacrifice 10 minutes to just spend some time in prayer. Wake up. Spend some time in prayer, and remember, prayer is just talking to God. And so talk to God and speak to him saying, God, thank you for the gift that you've given me of life. Thank you for the price that you paid for me. Thank you for loving me as your child. Spend some time with that. Also in that time, you can share with him. Yeah, this is what I know I'm struggling with. I need your help. God, this is, uh, if you have prayer requests of people uh, in your life, whether it's you or family or loved ones, bring that before him in that time. Spending a little bit of that time will actually kind of help you in your heart and in your mind align yourself with God's will. If, if you spend some time talking to him uh, and sharing with him intentionally, and not just in a, in a rote, practiced way, but really just sharing what's on your heart and on your mind, it will help be a reminder for you throughout the day. Another thing I do uh, is, like I said, spend some time in the word. Uh, I had a friend, a mentor one time when I was actually still in high school who said um, something along the lines of um, time with God will either help keep you from sin or sin will keep you from time with God or keep you from this book. Uh, Man, that's so true, right? When I'm struggling with sin, when I feel ashamed or guilty, uh, I don't really want to crack open my Bible because it serves as a reminder of what I'm doing wrong right? And I get that. But it's also the greatest defense we have is if you wake up in that morning uh, or tomorrow morning and you spend some time praying, talking to God, uh, if you spend some time reading his word, and, and maybe, maybe you don't know, what am I supposed to read? Am I supposed to just turn to a random page and start reading? Well, honestly, I think God could use that. But if you don't know what to read, uh, open up the book of Psalms, right? Open up to a Psalm and just read it. 
Uh, I wouldn't recommend Psalm 119. It's very long. If you don't know, that's the longest chapter in the Bible. But pick a psalm, a single chapter, and this can take you literally two minutes, um, and read it. Read it slowly. Read it again. Pray. Pray through it. Look at the things that it says. These psalms are poems or songs, love songs to God. It helps us understand God's love for us and the love that we have to him. Uh, Spend some time doing that. And what that does, when we bring this back to the idea of sexual temptation and fleeing that sin and replacing it with something good, is it serves as a reminder of who God is, of his will for us. It serves as a reminder of how we're supposed to love him and reflect to him so that when temptation comes up, when you're struggling with something, again, this doesn't have to just be sex, but whatever sin may come up that you will struggle with, you will have that time that you spent in your mind and in your heart to remind yourself. And it will help you flee and turn to that good thing, to that good gift that God gives you. That is such an important habit that I can't stress enough. If you build that habit now, man, it becomes so much easier. It only gets harder. Don't think when I get older it gets easier. It only gets harder. Uh, Start that habit tomorrow, right? Another thing, uh, another thing that I wish I had done when I was younger um, is this idea of accountability. Uh, And earlier this year, I was talking about this a little bit, but the idea of accountability is simply this, is that you find someone or maybe a small group of people uh, that you can talk to about what you're struggling with. You can talk to about your relationship with Jesus uh, and the things and areas in your life that you're struggling with. Uh, This actually is a really good and healthy and mature thing for your faith, uh, is that we were not designed to try to follow Jesus alone, right? We were designed to do it in community. And ASM and your small group is a part of that to help encourage you. But particularly finding uh, someone or some people that are mature in their faith, that love Jesus, that you know love Jesus, that live a life that you would like to um, copy or become more like. Um, Finding those people and being adults that you trust uh, and being able to share with them honestly is just so important. Your parents or your siblings, again, can be a part of this, right? They can definitely be that trusted adult or that trusted group for you. Um, But furthermore, finding people outside of that, whether that's your small group leader or another person that's like a mentor in your life, um, being able to go to them and say, hey, I'm really struggling with this. I want to talk to you about it. Can we pray about it? Uh, it, It's so good uh, to be able to speak it out loud and having someone that loves Jesus be able to share with you um, some of the things maybe from their life that have helped them or they know God's word so they can point you to areas uh, of God's word to study uh, and, and learn. But again, the key in that is that you have to choose someone that is both mature in their faith and that you know that you trust, that you can be honest with, and someone that will challenge you. Um, Because you need to be able to be open with that person and you need to also know that they're going to push you a little bit. They're going to tell you when you've messed up. Um, and, And we do that in love to one another, right? And so, Uh, Again, our idea is that we want to honor God with our bodies. Uh, And as a middle school student right now, um, one of the best ways to do that is to, again, 
create the habits, create the foundations so that when you face temptation to fall into sexual sin, whether that's lust, whether that's pornography, whether that is uh, getting into inappropriate relationships or situations, whatever it may be, whether it's now or the future, if you create the foundations, if you create the habits, it will help you again, both now and in the future. This isn't something that we want to just ignore because we're embarrassed. This isn't something that we can say, well, it doesn't affect me now, so I'm going to just wait until uh, it blows up in my face. That's, that's not at all the healthy or godly way. God gives us clear instructions that we're supposed to flee from this. And if we're supposed to flee from it, we need to have foundations of what we're running towards. And I hope what we're running towards is a stronger, healthy relationship with Jesus because he loves us. And he's given us the tools and the people in order to do that. Don't forget what Paul says, 1 Corinthians. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? God dwells in us and that it is not by our own strength that we win this battle. It's by the relationship that we have with him. And when we say God's spirit dwells in you, the Holy Spirit, he will give you the strength. He will give you what you need. Uh, but we want to be pursuing that. We want to desire that. And so that's what this is all about. So a couple questions. Again, these questions have been challenging. I want to challenge you. I want to make it personal for you. Uh, The first one is what is one way for you, not that I've said, but what is one way for you that 1 Corinthians changes how you view temptation and the effects of temptation? And second, Is there anyone, maybe you don't have to say it out loud right now, uh, but is there anyone in your life, whether that's parents or other trusted adults, your small group leaders, siblings, that you can approach to talk about these difficult issues when you're struggling with sin, when you're struggling with temptation? Is there anyone that you can go to? Who is that? Uh, And if you have someone, make an effort to reach out to them and just say, hey, I want you to know uh, I want to be able to go to you with this. Is that okay with you? And I'm, I'm sure they'll say yes. Uh, so finally, this is my final question. I, I asked it last week. I'm going to ask it again. If you have questions about this, if there's anything you want to know more, write it down or ask someone right now. Ask your parents. Ask your small group leader. Uh, shoot them a text. Ask your parents, hey, can I, can I text my small group leader? Um, and ask them the questions that they have, whether it's something that's happened in their life or, or ways that they can help you. Um, That's why we're here. That's why we do this. That's why your parents are there. They love you. Uh, So love you guys. Uh, This is is such an amazing topic, and I hope you guys are being challenged by it. Uh, Love Month, week three. It's been great. Uh, Have a great week. Uh, See you guys soon. Bye.